Matthew chapter 10, verse 1, then we'll jump down to verse 7 and 8, verses 7 and 8. It says, And when he had called his twelve disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and disease. Verse 7 says, And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand, and heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Notice the last portion of verse 8. Freely you have received, freely give. Father God, again, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for your sweet spirit that's near us. God, we invite you to speak to our hearts. Our ears are open. And we pray, Lord, for your anointing upon your word as I bring it forth, God, according to what I feel you've laid on my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Praise God, praise God, praise God. God is doing a, God's doing a work. He's doing a work in us as a church. Um, last week was probably one of the strongest anointings that I have ever experienced. I've experienced his anointing like that before, but it was just it was just so powerful. And I know that many of you were blessed. I heard reports all week of how God how God moved in your lives and what God had spoken to you and how some of you felt that exactly what was being said what was being said was exactly for you, as though uh, the Lord had had just opened your heart. And I was able to speak what the Lord was already saying to you. The Word of God speaks of that. There, there's, there, there are scriptures that talk about uh, the secrets of a man's heart being revealed through the Holy Spirit. I want us to understand that what God is doing here in our midst will not always look alike on, from, from one Sunday to the next. One Sunday might just be a powerful presence like it was last week in that uh, God speaks to His people through words of knowledge, words of wisdom. God might, uh, he might stir us so, so that we can't even sleep that Sunday night and, and we, might, we might go out of this place just completely energized or there might come a, a Sunday, kind of what I feel like the Lord is doing today, that we, that we might be called forward because sometimes God will by his grace pour out a, just an outpouring and then he'll say if you want more of this, come on in, come a little closer. You know what I'm saying? Am I making any sense to you? God wants us to go after him. I'm going to get to my notes, but I'm not in any hurry to get to my notes. I feel like I just need to talk to you for a minute. God wants us to come into his presence. We are invited into his presence. It's not always about the shout. It's not always about the loud noise. I have felt just as much of his presence in these last few minutes while we were singing a cappella as, as a group as I felt during the worship. God has been near. I, I felt him close both ways today, but we, we need to stop limiting God to our idea of, of how he will come. Some of us have, I'm speaking under the anointing right now, some of us have expected God to come in a certain way because that's all we have known him. Some of us have expected him to come in a, in a very uh, charismatic Pentecostal tradition in so that God would come and people would shout all over the house and, and we would go out of here just rejoicing. And God may come like that, but I can tell you that's not the only way that God moves. Sometimes God moves in a way where you can't do anything but cry and fall on your face. And honestly, I enjoy it best when God comes in so strong that I have to bow myself before him. I love... The presence of God. And I don't care how he chooses to be with me. I just want to be with him. That's what my message is about today. You might not even see it from what we have, what we have just read. But God wants us to be with him. 
He wants us to be with Him. I preached a message maybe a year ago. Stage 5 clinger. Raise your hand, Lindsay. <laughs> well, since that message, I told you that she's a homebody. She loves her mom. She loves her dad. She, she loves her mom more. But she wants to be with us. She wants to be with us. By Tuesday, when she goes back to college, by Tuesday, she's wanting to be home to be with her parents. I get ready lots of nights. Tracy goes to bed a little earlier than me, and I get ready lots of nights to go to bed, and there is my 20-year-old laying in my spot. And I say, Lindsay, go to your bed. Then I lay down and say, you've got my bed hot. Anybody else other than me just like your bed cold? If, if there was a way to run a water hose through where I could just lay there and let the water hose go under me to keep the heat down, I, that's a good idea. I may have to invent that. But here's what I'm saying. There's nothing wrong with that shows she loves us and she just wants to be in our presence. That's a little different for a 20-year-old. She's not, she's not an 8-year-old anymore. But she loves us. And, and here's the thing. Tracy would say, well, she gets that from you. She does. I'm an affectionate person. I enjoy. I'm a private person too. I don't want you to misunderstand me. You might say, well, you know, I've tried to get close to you and it's just not, it's not working. Well, I'm a private person and I, I guard myself. I'll just be honest. I'm just being transparent here. I guard myself. There are times when, when I feel like I can't take on a certain uh, depth of relationship with just everybody because I, I, have, I have to spend time with God. I have to spend time with my family. Do you all understand that? I love you and you know I do or I wouldn't, I wouldn't treat you and, and love on you the way that I do. And I, I'm always, I try to be here for you. But I want you to understand I want you to understand that there comes a time that we have to just get alone and be with God. I love my family. I love my wife. I love my two girls. love my sister and her family. love my mom and dad. But I love my God more. And God is so good. God wants us to be with Him. I'm going to get to this. I'm going to get to the Scriptures. I'm preaching right now. You don't even know it's part of this message, but it is. God wants us to just be with Him. You knew. I know you knew. Would you just come be with me? This is our life. It is. She said, I really don't want to. And I'm saying, come sit on the back porch with me and let's drink our coffee. I'm sitting in the recliner. I'll say, let's, let's go watch TV together. I'm wanting to go to bed. <laughs> and I, oh, you're, you're not done. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I'll say, <laughs> I'll say, what are you doing this morning? I'm, I'm trying to get ready. Talk to me a little bit. I don't have time. I'm not trying to embarrass, tra embarrass Tracy. We've just got different personalities. She is probably, if, if she even ranks on the clinger scale, she's somewhere down around a 1 or a, maybe a point five. yeah. And, and I am way up there. But here's my point. I'm using Tracy as an example. I know I'm making her uncomfortable walking around holding my hand right now. I know that I am. And my intent is not to make her uncomfortable, but, but I've, I'm, I'm trying to bring a point out. I love to be with her. It doesn't have to be over dinner. It doesn't have to be with candlelight. It doesn't have to be, uh, it doesn't have to be time alone. I, I enjoy our time together when we get that, which is very rare. We're going away in, a, in about a week for just a little overnight trip because of our 23rd anniversary. And I look forward to that. I enjoy that time. But you know what? I love being with her in a crowd. 
I love holding her hand. I love being near her. If she sits too far away from me, I'll scoot right over next to her. That's just who I am. I want to be with her. I don't want to be away from her. When I'm gone, I sometimes, you know, I'm in a hurry to get back. If I go fishing with, with, with some of the guys or whatever, sometimes I'm thinking by, by midday, unless we're catching a lot of fish, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, you know, I really want to get home. I really want to get home. If I'm catching a lot of fish, I don't think about it so quickly. But I'm thinking, I really want to get home. I want to be with my family. I want to be with my wife. I want to sit down by her. I want to wash the fish off my hands and hold her hand and just be near her. And I, I can imagine, I'm getting to a point, I can imagine that must be how God feels about us. And it's not that Tracy doesn't want to be with me. She wants to be with me. She enjoys our times together. She'll tell you that. But she has... She has so much going on and so much on her mind. Some of you ladies understand this. Us guys will just zone out and forget all about that stuff. The, the weeds that need pulling, the yard that needs mowing, the garage that needs cleaning, or the garbage that needs taking out. What are you talking about? I had forgotten about all that. I just want to be with you. But ladies, it's sometimes difficult for you to separate those things. And you, Am I talking to anybody? Is this just me? Do you understand that? It can be different. It can be the other way around. But usually it's the ladies. They carry all this stuff around with them. And they're having a difficult time separating from the things that need to be done and the things that need to be. And we as the church, we as the body of Christ, we have a difficulty in separating the things that need to be done from being with the Lord. Am I, are you getting where I'm going with this? No, no, I just want you to be with me. <laughs> Holy ground, it's okay. God is looking for a church. He's looking for a people. When I say church, I'm not talking about a building. God is looking for a people who are hungry to be with Him. Who are anxious to be with Him. How many of you, be, be very honest with me, from time to time you feel the Lord drawing you into His presence and He'll say, come away with me. Or He'll say, come talk to me. You feel that? Anybody in this house? How many of you will be honest and, and just raise your hand only if you are always obedient in that? Anybody? Okay then we're all just alike. We're all in the same boat. God's desire, God is, God is after us. God wants to be near you. He wants to spend time with you. He wants to get alone with you. He wants to, he wants to have, and I don't say this in any, any negative or dirty way, God wants to be intimate with you. You know what I mean when I say that? He wants to have intimacy when, when it's just you and Him alone. I'm not talking about something, something that shouldn't be talked about. I'm talking about God wants to be alone, just you and Him. He wants alone time with you. This time when we're all together, this corporate worship is marvelous. 
And, and we are blessed. And, and God has blessed this church to have a great worship team who pursues God. And it's very evident that they love God. And they're willing to lead you into worship. I believe that with all my heart. But God wants you to get away from the crowd sometime and just get alone in His presence. God wants to gaze upon you with His love and have you look right back at Him. God calls you, John, read the book of John. God calls you His beloved. You can sit down. Matthew chapter 10 verse 1 says, When he had called his twelve disciples to him. When he had called his twelve disciples to him. There's another story that goes along with this. It parallels this. And it's when he calls the seventy to him. And he gives them authority and sends them out. The seventy. Right here we're only talking about the 12. I believe the reason that the Lord told us about the 12 and then He also tells us about the 70 is for us to understand this was not just for a select group of people. This was not just for those who were called apostles of the early church. This is for the disciples. And whether you know it or not, we are called to be disciples of Christ. I've told you over and over what my definition of of a disciple is. But I'll say it again. A disciple is someone who is disciplined to follow Christ. Jesus calls his 12 disciples to him. He's calling us in the same manner. He called the 70 in the same manner. He wants us to come to him. And if we will come to him and spend time with him and get in his presence and and know him and, and be alone with him and get to understand who he is and what he's about and what his character is and what his word says and what he wants to speak to us in the midnight hour. If we'll get alone with him as we used to understand, get in your closet and pray. We might not understand what that means. It means get in a private time with God and just talk to him. If you will get alone with God, I guarantee you that you will begin to get an understanding of God that you won't see in the corporate setting. There is an exponential power that's released when we're all worshiping together. The Bible talks about it, the Spirit of God moving from breast to breast. There's something that happens when we worship together and it's marvelous. But there is also something marvelous when you are alone with God and no one else is there and it's personal and you don't care who sees you crying because nobody's watching. You don't care who sees you if you feel like dancing. Some of you dance. You don't care if you feel like dancing before the Lord. You don't care if somebody hears you if you just moan out loud in your spirit because you don't know what to say you don't know the words to say but you have to tell God about it you have to tell Jesus about it and and sometimes we seem to forget that this that we need so desperately is what God is doing he's saying come to me he called his 12 disciples to him there's a comma right there in the English And there's a reason for that. It goes from this picture that he called them to him. And the sentence continues, but then something else happens. There's a a change of activity. We need to get this change of activity. There was a, a calling. Many are called. Few are chosen. That's a very difficult scripture to understand. But I want us to understand that the Lord is calling. Whosoever will, let him come. Drink of this water of life freely. But not everybody will respond. 
Not everyone will respond to the call. If we, if we go out into the streets and we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, not everyone will respond. But in the church house, if we're preaching and God is drawing people near, not everyone will respond. Can you say amen? amen. But there's a call going out. And God is calling you. He's saying, come. He called His twelve disciples to Him. And there's a comma. And He gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. I'm going to go on. I'm going to come back there. But I want to read the rest of this. And as you go, preach saying the kingdom of heaven. This is verse 7. Is at hand, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, and cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. I didn't read verses 2 through 6 because I don't want you to be distracted. It speaks of the different disciples, who he called. It calls them by name, tells you who they are. But what we need to see here is listed here in verse 1, verse 7, and verse 8. And verse 8 says, freely you have received, freely give. I want us to understand that we can only give, listen closely, we can only give what we have received. That's true in a lot of different areas. I can only give out of my paycheck once I've received it. Does that make sense to you? Until I get it, until I put it in the bank, until I cash it or put it in the bank, I can't do anything with it. I can carry it around and it might be worth X amount, but it means absolutely nothing as long as it remains that piece of paper. Until I put it in the bank or I deposit, or, or I, and deposit it or I cash it. And once I've cashed it and I have what is considered legal tender, then I can do something with it. Or once it's in the bank, then I can take my debit card and I can spend it. But I want us to understand it's that same thing in the spirit. God wants to deposit something into your life. And until you allow Him to deposit something into your life, there is nothing for you to withdraw. I hope I'm getting this point across. We cannot, we cannot give what we have not received. The things that we receive from God come in His presence. Jesus called his disciples to him, his twelve, he called them to him. And then he gave them power over all the powers of the enemy. It only happens in his presence. I'm not saying that it only happens on Sunday mornings between 10 and 12. But it only happens in his presence. The only way we're ever going to get victory over the struggles in our life the only way we're ever going to have the, the authority to break free from the things that have held us bound is to get into His presence. That's why people so often go into these programs to be drug free and they struggle with it and they struggle with it and so often they fall back into it is because we're trying to do it out of our own strength. And if we really want to be free, we have to know the Son. We have to know the Son who sets us free. And whoever the Son has set free is free indeed. We have to go into His presence. If we want to get from God, we have to be with God. How many of you have a need before the Lord? Just lift your hand way up so I can see it. Let me tell you how to get that need met. It's not a formula that you can write down. It's not E equals MC squared times 
3 minus 7 divided by, I don't know what I'm saying right now. It's, it's none of that. It's not a formula that you can write down. There's lots of scriptures that tell us. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, You will find him when you seek for him with your whole heart. So the first thing you need to do is begin to seek God with your whole heart. His disciples, I don't know where they were. I've got so many things in my mind right now, I don't know how I'm going to get them all said. I don't know where his disciples were all at when he called them. He, had, he, had, he perhaps had them in his general vicinity, or he perhaps had sent them on some sort of mission. I don't know where they were, but he called them to him. And they had to find him. They had to go to him. When God is calling you into his presence, when God is saying, come be near me, we have to find the time and we have to find the place to get alone with God and to experience him. We have to find the way to get to him. I'm telling you that because I want you to understand that there are hindrances. Brother Herman, you just be Jesus back there for a minute. Will you stand up? Will you call me to you? Yeah. You're doing you're doing just right. You're doing just right. But this is the way we act when Jesus calls us. We ignore him. We look at him. Oh, I love looking at your face, Jesus. Just keep on talking. I love to hear you talk. Go ahead. Finally, finally, we might say things like, Okay, Jesus. I'm coming, Lord. And we find ourselves on our way to meet with Jesus and the telephone rings. This is my telephone right here. I just answered the phone. How are you, brother? (laughs) I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's beautiful out there today. What's God doing in your life? Amen. You know what he's doing? He's calling me to come be with him. He is. Man, I'm, I'm on the way. But I had, to, I had to stop and talk to you. I'm on the way. I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm just giving you... This is, this is real life right here. Okay. Well, it was great talking to you. I enjoyed talking to you. Call me back. You know, you know what? Call me back in about 15 minutes, if you will. I've got something I want to tell you about. I don't want to spend too long in prayer. i just got to go talk to God for just a minute. It's okay. Just call me back in about 15 minutes. Are you still calling me, Lord? I don't hear him. I don't hear him now. Are you still calling me, Lord? Oh, yeah, yeah, he's still calling. You know what? I've got to mow the grass. Right here, I've got to mow my grass. I'm on my way, Lord. You know what? There, I've got all these thistles. I'm going to have to get out that weed killer. I've got to spend a little bit of time right here. I'm sorry, Lord. I'll be there in a minute. <laughs> Man, you have got it now. <laughs> I don't usually preach this way. If you're a guest this morning, please understand that I usually just preach. But right now, I'm showing you what real life is made up of. There's nothing wrong with any of these things. There's nothing wrong with me stopping to talk to Kurt. There's nothing wrong with me taking care of things that need to be taken care of. There's nothing wrong with me, hey, here's my buddy Bill. That's nothing wrong with me sitting down by my friend and talking about the Lord. How's the Lord doing in your life? He is good God, isn't he? Amen. 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 You got a word for me? I do. Amen. Let's hear. 
Jesus wants you to go to him. Amen. You know what? You know, that's a confirmation. That is a confirmation. <laughs> you can call me whatever you want to call me, but don't call me late for dinner. I made all that progress on my way to the Lord and something has distracted me. I'm trying to tell you, Jesus called His disciples to come to Him. There will be things that will hinder your progress. There will be good things that will get in your way of getting to Jesus. But nobody is more important than your time with the Lord. And whatever you have to push to the side, whatever you have to get out of the way, you have got to get to Jesus. Because when you get to Jesus, that's where the victory is at. That's where the victory's at. Jesus called his disciples to him. In my opinion, this is the most powerful part of that scripture. We look at it and we say, wow, he gave them powers over demons. When we should be saying, wow. Jesus called his disciples to him. If you want what God has in his hands, you had better understand that it takes that you first go see his face. I can't get what are in the hand, what the things, the good things that are in the hands of God until I have determined that I will spend time with him. If I want to receive the good things that he's done I need to first spend time with him it's better for me to be with Jesus than to try to just do what I think are good things to do you know what if we will first be with him then he will give us the authority and the anointing to accomplish the work that he has chosen us for And when he had called his twelve disciples to him. All of them didn't get there at the same time. All of them didn't make it the same time. Some of them were probably closer to him than others were. Some of them were more distant. The Bible tells us that on the way to Calvary that that Peter followed Jesus afar off. We're not all at the same place on our walk, but he has called all of us as his disciples to him. And he wants alone time with us. He wants to spend time in our presence, and we need to spend time in his presence. In his presence is fullness of joy. Whatever we have that's plaguing our lives, whatever disease, dis-ease, dis-ease, disease. Whatever, whatever trouble, whatever turmoil, whatever family issue, whatever financial mess we found ourselves in. The answers are all found in His presence. I believe His Word. And I believe that His Word tells me that He he has provided everything we need for life and godliness. That's what His Word says. But unless I know Him, His promise to me is not nearly as powerful. Tracy and I made vows 23 years ago on the 29th of August. 29th of August, yes. 
All my life I've struggled with, is it the 28th or the 29th? But I figure it's better to be early if I do mess up than it is to be late. But on the 29th of August, 23 years ago, we made vows to one another. And she could keep her vows to me by not ever spending any close quality time to me. They wouldn't be so precious. And they wouldn't mean so much. But there's a sweetness found in that time alone with God. There's a power, there's an authority that only comes when you're alone with God. You cannot get it in a corporate setting. You cannot get it even in family devotions. That's wonderful. All these things are wonderful. To come and listen to the Word, we are not supposed to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. We are supposed to be here. You're, you're right where you're supposed to be this morning. We're supposed to worship. We're supposed to sing hymns and songs and spiritual songs. We're supposed to do these things. We're supposed to sing a new song unto the Lord. That's what the Word of God says. However, there comes a time when I have to just get away from everybody where nobody else sees me, where nobody else knows where I'm at, nobody knows what I'm doing, and just get alone and say, God, I've got to get in my closet and I've got to talk to you. I can't see anybody. I can't hear anybody. I don't need to know that they are watching. I don't need to even know that they are approve or disapprove it's not about what they think about this it's not about what I can accomplish in this it's just about being with you you know what it's okay it's okay to tell people that you're praying and it's okay to tell people that you're praying for them but sometimes we have to just get alone with God the things we receive from God come when we're in his presence Psalm 15 verse 11 says, Show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. We, we see here that, that, that the Word of God is telling us that in His presence is fullness of joy. If you're struggling with joy, get in His presence. We usually, we, we'd rather get in the presence of of a friend or a family member or someone else, but we just need to get in His presence. That's where fullness of joy is found. We'd rather get in a good worship service and we can experience God. We can experience His presence in worship. I've experienced Him this morning, but I'm telling you, there is nothing like that intimate time with God when you get alone with Him and He moves close. Draw nigh to me and I will draw nigh unto you. The second part of that says, at your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. The Bible says there is pleasure in sin for a season. But here it says, at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Which one do you want? Evermore. Eternal. Eternal blessings. Eternal pleasures. That's what I'm after. It's what I need. It's not just a temporary happiness, but it's a deep down joy. I need it. And it's only found in His presence. How can we ever expect to hear from God or receive anything from God if we just won't be with Him? As I preach this this morning, I'm preaching to you 
Not, I'm not preaching down on you. Because I struggle with these same things. I'm preaching to you from, a, from an understanding position. I'm right there with you. And I have, I have struggled with these same things. I hear the Lord calling. And I see the grass needs mowing. You know what? When I mow the grass, I usually put a podcast on and listen to some preaching while I'm mowing. I've got about two and a half hours that I can just listen to the Lord through the Word. But still, it's not the same as just being alone and talking to Him, being with Him, Him being with me. That's good. It's good stuff. I can listen to worship. And it's good stuff. But I need to just understand that where I really find strength is just being in His presence. A few weeks ago, as you know, I felt the Lord calling me to, to pray all night. Wednesday night after service that week, I spent time talking to the Lord. I made it until about 4.30 in the morning. Is that all night? I don't know. Some of you early risers says, yeah. Say, yeah. It's, it's not all night for my sister and her girls. <laughs> it's really not all night for me. But I felt the Lord calling me. I'm, I'm a late riser. If I, if I just be who I naturally am. Mom and dad, they stay up till midnight. No concern with bedtimes. And that's kind of what they taught us. And so I have no reason to, to go to bed early. However, when I stayed up to pray, I got sleepy about 11 o'clock. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I got sleepy about 11 o'clock. And I struggled. I struggled to, to fight off that sleepy, that sleepy feeling for hours. And finally, I, I realized that Leaning back in my recliner was not the very best way to go before the Lord. So I got up out of my seat. I was trying not to be loud because Tracy and the girls have been asleep for hours. I try not to be loud. So I got up out of my seat and I began to pray. I turned some music on. I was walking back and forth just trying to stay awake. I did stay awake and I felt, I felt the release about 430 you might say, well, that's not all night. You might say, it is all night. It doesn't matter. I spent the night with the Lord until I felt the release. And then about two weeks later, which has been about maybe three weeks, four weeks now, about two weeks later, I felt him calling me again. Lord, I just did that. Am I making any sense? I told Tracy, I said, after Wednesday night this week, after Wednesday night service, I said, I might stay at the church and pray there until, and it wasn't necessarily that the Lord was saying pray all night. Just get along with me. I might stay there and pray until about 2 o'clock in the morning. I determined that I would, just, I would just not. I would go on home and pray. I'm, I'm, try, I'm, I'm trying to be real here. I went on home again early, 10.30. I don't ever go to bed before 12.30 or 1. Not normally. About 10.30. I was so sleepy. I'll stay up. 